Hi guys, good morning. It's Thursday and this is Karen aka Hippie Mama and today we're going to go back to one of my all-time favorites. It seems like I tend to do a lot of the Thursday poetry reading and again I am coming from poetryoutloud.org uh, and I will always give you guys the title and the poet's uh, name and you can definitely go back and look up these poems but there are thousands and thousands of these poems uh, there's no particular order I just find something that I like and I decide to share it with you guys so the first one is called the affliction of Richard by Robert Bridges love not too much but how when thou hast made me such and dost the gifts bestow, how can I love too much? Though I must fear to lose and drown my joy in care, with all its thorns I choose the path of love and prayer. Though thou, I know not why, didst kill my childish trust, that breach with toil did I repair because I must. In spite of frightening schemes with which the friend, the fiends of hell, blasphemy thee in my dreams, so far I have hoped well. But what the heavenly key, what marvel in me wrought, shall quite excapulate thee. I have no shadow of thought. What am I that complain? The love from which began my question, sad and vain, justifies thee to man. And so a little bit about Robert, um, Robert Bridges. Let's see, his bio says a Victorian who by choice remained apart from aesthetic movements of this of his day Robert Bridges was a classic his experimentation with the 18th century classic forms accumulated in the testament of beauty generally acknowledged at his masterpiece um, let's see this is kind of a long bio so I don't think I'm gonna read all through here but um, Let's see, in 1902, Bridges' wife, Monica, and daughter, Margaret, became seriously ill, and Bridges decided to move from Yatendon uh, to a healthier climate. The family lived in several temporary homes, spent a year in Switzerland, and finally settled again in England at Chilswell's house. Uh, which Bridges had designed and which was built on Boar's Hill overlooking Oxford University. So, yeah, that's a little bit about him. And for the simple fact that this poem has my favorite poet's name in the title, I do want to read this. And I have not read this yet. Um, it's not too long, so... It is called Emily Dickinson at the Poetry Slam by Dan Vera. 
I will tell you why she's really ventured from her house. It happened like this. One day she took the train to Boston, made her way to the darkened room, put her name down in cursive script, and waited her turn. When they read her name aloud, she made her way to the stage, straightened the papers in her hands, pages and envelopes, the backs of grocery bills. She closed her eyes for a minute, took a breath, and began. From her mouth, perfect words exploded, intact formulas of light and darkness. She dared to rhyme with words like koshinal and described the skies like didem. Obscurely worded incantations filled the room with an alchemy that made the very molecules quake. The solitary words she handled in her upstairs room with keen precision precision, uh, came rumbling out to make the electric lights flicker. Forty members of the audience were treated for hypertension. Twenty-year-old dark-haired beauties found their heads had turned a Moses White. Her second poem erased the memory of every cell phone in the nightclub, and by the fourth line of the sixth verse, her grandmother in the upstairs apartment had been cured of her rheumatism. The papers reported the power outage, the area hospitals taxed the emergency generators, and sirens were heard to well through the night. Well through the night. Quietly, she made her way to the exit, walked to the terminal, and rode back to Amherst. She never left her room again, and she never read such syllables aloud. Okay, so it kind of seems like this is uh, a ghost of Emily Dickinson that maybe visited a poetry uh, reading kind of a thing, and she really left an impression. Um, they don't have anything, let's see, they actually do, I'm sorry. So Dan Vera is an American poet of Cuban descent, but he was born in Southern Texas. Uh, he is compassionate, humorous poems. Vera, this poem in particular, he says, explores the shifting nature of identity. Um, what Kim Roberts that's pretty much it, but interesting. Interesting, interesting. Okay, let's see. Let me get back on topic, guys. So, <clears throat> again, all of these poems can be found on poetryoutloud.org. And I am looking for another one. I Obviously, these are not ones that I've read through first. So, we're just going to go with it. Because Thursday... Every other Thursday, it looks like it's going to be my poetry day, which is a fun day for me because I love poetry. All right, well, this one just came up, so I'm going to share this one with you. And this is called A Blessing by James Wright. Just off the highway to Rochester, Minnesota, twilight bounds softly forth on the grass, and the eyes of those two Indian ponies darken with kindness. They have come gladly out of the willows to welcome my friend and me. We step over the barbed wire into the pasture, 
where they have been grazing all day, alone. They ripple tensely. They can hardly contain their happiness that we have come. They bow shyly as wet swans. They love each other. There is no loneliness like theirs. At home, once more, they begin munching the young tufts of spring in the darkness. I would like to hold the slenderer one in my arms. She has walked over to me and nuzzled my left hand. She is black and white. Her mane falls wild on her forehead and the light breeze moves me to caress her long ear. That is delicate as the skin over a girl's wrist. Suddenly I realize that if I stepped out of my body, I would break into blossom. And this is by James Wright. James Wright was born in Martins Ferry, Ohio. He served in the U.S. Army during the Second World War before entering Kayon College, where he received the B.A. and went on to the University of Washington for his M.A. and Ph.D. Okay, that was kind of interesting. I don't know what you guys thought about it. Um, but kind of interesting. Let's see. Let's go back to our next one. And what are we going to do? So these poems, guys, if you don't notice, they're very short. They're like 25 lines or less, generally. Um, and they just kind of, you know, they explore how, what other people are thinking, how they see um, the world around them or what they vision. And I guess not everything, sometimes like I like to think, is supposed to rhyme, but... This is um this is a poem by Co um sorry, it's by Anne Finch, but the name of the title of the poem is called Co Mistress. And it says, Sir, I am not a bird of prey. A lady does not seize the day. I trust that brief time will unfold our youth before he makes us old. How could we two write lines of rhyme? Were we not fond? of numbered time, and grateful to the vast and sweet trials his days will make us meet. The grave's not just the body's curse, no skeleton can pin a verse. So while this numbered world we see, let's sweeten time with poetry, and time in turn may sweeten love and give us time our love to prove. You've praised my eyes, forehead, breast. You all our lives to praise the rest. And actually, that's funny because this one did rhyme, and I wasn't expecting that. Um, so Anne Finch is the author and editor of more than 20 books of poetry, plays, translations, literary essays, textbooks, and anthologies. She holds a degree from Yale University, uh, the University of Houston, and Stanford. So very, very smart lady. And she's also taught at several universities, and most of the universities are in southern Maine, where she uh, served for nine years as director of the Stonecast MFA program. She lives off the coast of Maine. I like that book, Anne, uh, or poem, Anne, and actually because she did that one, I'm going to go ahead and read her one called Insect, Anne Finch. 
So, that hourglass-backed, orched-legged, heavy-headed will, paper-folded, wedged, contorted, savage, dense to kill, pulls back on backward-moving, arcing, high legs still, lowered through a deep, knees reaching feathered down green will. Antenna host thread descending carpeted as if with skill, a focus changing sober reaching tracing killing will. I think she may be one of my, start to be one of my favorite points. Uh, and I believe, and I'm not sure, but I believe this is talking about a praying mantis um, based on the words that were spoken about this insect, but I, I think I'm gonna like Anne a lot. So I may actually be looking for a little bit more for poems. Um, but that was nice. I really did enjoy that one. Um, this one is entitled "Poem," and it's by Jory Graham. This is a nature poem, and it reads: "The Earth said, 'Remember me. The Earth said, 'Don't let go.'" said it one day when I was accidentally listening. I heard it, I felt it, like temperature. All said in a whisper, build tomorrow, make right, befall. You are not free. Other scenes are not taking place. Time is not filled. Time is not late. There is a thing the emptiness needs as you need emptiness. It shrinks from light again and again, although all things are present. A fact, a day, a bird that warps the arithmetic, arithmetic of perfection with its arc, passing again and again in the evening air, in the prevailing wind, making no mistake, year in difference is year principal beauty. The mind says all the time, I hear it. I hear it everywhere. The earth said, remember me. I am earth, it said, remember me. Interesting. Um, I think I can kind of like that a little bit. Um, let's see, she was born in New York City, uh, but raised in France and Italy. She attended the Sorbonne. Uh, before coming to America, where she attended New York University to earn her BFA. And she's also taught at many numerous um, universities. So interesting. Okay. Well, I think I'll read one more, guys. Um, let me see if I can find a one um, that might be really nice to close out with. Um, I tend to, like I said, I just kind of go for whatever's there, not looking for anything spectacular, but I always am very happy when I find something that really, really kind of like hits that right moment. So this one, the last one that we're going to read is by Ray Armatrout and it's called Riddance. Okay, we've rendered the rendition. How often? What were we trying to get rid of? We exposed the homeless character of desire to the weather. Shall we talk about the weather? 
worsening four times faster than expected, eight times until the joy of pattern recognition kicks in, until the crest of the next ridge is what remains of division. And uh, that was interesting, kind of like that. Uh, so she is one of the founding members of the West Coast Group of Language Poets. Um, and stands apart from other language poets in her lyrical voice and her commitment to the interior and domestic. Her short line poems are often concerned with dismantling convictions of memory, pop culture, science, and mothering. So very interesting. All right, guys. Well, that's all I have for today. I do hope you enjoyed this brief kind of poetry read-along. Remember, you can find all of this on poetryoutloud.org. And I hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back tomorrow, Friday, fantastic Fridays. Um, I think you might like this uh this next person that is showcased there. So tune in, be sure to tune in. And you know, I always say this periodically, but I want to say it again. I am so very appreciative of everybody who tunes in and listens. Um, it is really, really wonderful to have you join me, uh, even for this short period of time. Um, I definitely enjoy speaking with you guys. Um, and I hope you enjoy listening. So again, God bless. Take care. Have a great night. Uh, get some rest. Okay. Cause you got to be fresh and ready to go for Friday. That's important. And I will talk to you on Friday. Take care and bye.